Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy. This podcast is a production of Reach. Reach helps churches reach more people through friend-to-friend referrals on Facebook. Every month, hundreds of church planners rely on Reach to get the word out about their church while supporting kingdom-building causes at the same time. To learn more about Reach, head to causely.com forward slash reach. That's cause ly.com forward slash reach, or just search for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening today. I'm Jeff Presley. And I'm Drew Bro. In today's episode, we'll talk to Jason Mitchum, lead pastor at Revivify Church in Augusta, Georgia. Jason planted Revivify over five years ago and has built a thriving community. Today, he'll share some insights he's learned from years of church planning and also some challenges that Revivify has had to overcome. We are pleased to be joined by Jason Mitchum of Revivify Church down in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, Jason, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely, glad to be here, man. So, if if you would, um, we've we've partnered, you know, with with you at, here at Reach for almost a year now, I guess, and it's it's been an awesome partnership, yeah, and you've been a huge, huge help to us, an ambassador, and we're super excited to get to talk to you. Um, w- would you mind just telling um, telling the listeners a little bit about the story of, of Revivify to, to start out? Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, basically, um, man, back in, uh, oh, I guess it was probably 2008, 2009, we actually left, uh, left the Augusta, Georgia area uh, to go out and what was supposed to be a pastorate waiting on me uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, wow. And uh, my yeah, my father-in-law had uh, actually started a church uh, there, and um, it was uh, related to us. He was getting ready to retire, and we actually helped him start that church years before. So we'd already been to Vegas previously, and um, so uh, through life situations, God, and chain of events, what have you, we ended up back out in Vegas, and uh, it looked like we were going to uh, pastor the church there. And um, my father-in-law was pretty well set up, was getting ready to retire, what have you, and uh, through the weird ways of the economy, what have you, he took quite a beating financially and got to the place where he could not even retire, and um, just ended up being where he wasn't going to be able to walk away as fast as he thought he was, and um, so I got to looking at it, uh, kind of, it was just a strange, you know, strange thing, because here we just moved across the country, my whole family was just left our home, we, we sold everything we had, packed everything we owned at that moment into a little trailer, who uh, I think it was a little four-by-six U-Haul trailer behind a Honda Pilot. <laughs> we took off across the country with everything we owned to go and uh, within just a few months be pastoring this church and get out there after about six months realized that wasn't going to happen. And I'll tell you, it, it put me in such a uh, state of depression because uh, I really felt like I'd missed God and, and you know, what was going on. I just, you know, had no clue. And, um, I mean, it really, really, really got to me. And, um, I sat down and had a meeting with my, uh, father-in-law and said, you know, Hey, what, what's going on here? What, where are we at? Just talk to me, you know, and he explained the situation to me. And, and as I drove home that day, um, uh, I just remember just bawling my eyes out thinking that I had made one of the, the biggest mistakes, you know, that, uh, I had made at that moment as far as, you know, just uprooting my family and, and just completely walking away from a place that we really loved. And so in that moment, uh, asking God, you know, God, I know I don't deserve anything, but what did I do this time? What, what did I do to make this big mistake? And 
Lord just kind of showed me my life from start to finish. And that is, I had lived it up to that point, wanting to please man. Uh, early in my childhood, my father, when I was eight years old, committed suicide. And uh, from that moment on, my entire life was trying to bring value or worth of myself to, to other men, you know, and, and serve them and make them happy and what have you. And uh, the Lord showed me that. And uh, when I, I realized, you know, what I'd been doing all my life, even in my attempt to serve God, I was actually serving man and what man wanted me to do. The Lord asked me at that moment, he said, are you ready to chase the thing that I have for you? And I answered yes, and then he said, okay, then do the thing that you fear the most. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I feared the most was starting the church. I wanted nothing to do with it. I had already helped with one startup, didn't want to go back there, almost preached against starting churches because it just <laughs> felt like we had enough. We just need to do a better job of the ones that we have. Sure. And, uh, you know, it was just a, it was just a total term events for me and, and a change of, uh, I guess a paradigm shift at that moment. And, and when I knew what that thing was that I feared the most, I, I called my buddy and said, Hey, we got to do this. The Lord spoke to me very, very, you know, deeply and, and greatly here. And, and I, I've got to obey this. So we uh, began to look at the country and see where we were going to go. And it ended up being like we were going to go right back home to Augusta and start there and do the, awesome. you know, do the work there that the Lord had called us to do. And so in so doing, I tell you, it was, uh, it, it just an unbelievable thing, and and with our our some of our best friends, uh, the Baker family in Augusta, um, they helped us get launched along with the Smith family, and we actually met in January of 2010 for about 45 hours of meetings straight for that week and uh, planning the whole thing out, and then on October 10th, 2010, um, we actually you know, started the church. And of course, in that process, we came up with a name. Um, the original intent was not to name the church Revivify, but it was to uh, come up with some other kind of name. But um, the team that we had put together insisted that we use the word Revivify because I actually used it on a book that I wrote about restoring failed leaders, and that the very word means to restore, to reanimate, to give new life to. Hmm. And um, our whole mission, everything was formed around that word. And um, and it just seemed to fit so well. And then the interesting thing was is that starting on October 10th, 2010, so 10, 10, 10, hmm. the number 10, biblically speaking, is a uh, the number for restoration. Hmm. And to it just fit the whole mold. The, the mold. And so it, it was just amazing how things started. And so um, that's what we did. And uh, October 2010, we, we started uh, out in a ballroom of a hotel. And um, in the local area, and um, and then two weeks later, we moved to a place that we actually existed for about four and a half years. Uh, it was a performing arts theater uh, called the J. Biz Harden uh, Performing Arts Theater in our our uh, area, and so that's how we got started. And uh, first service, um, we started off with seventy three people um, in that, and then we've um, it was just amazing how how many people actually show up for a launch like that. You know, and a lot of them are just onlookers. Um, you know, wanting to see what the church is going to be about, <clears throat> and yeah. you know, what is what is it going to be different than anything that's you know, anything that's out there already? And uh, started with seventy three people, and then the next week we had uh, about the same number, and then within just a couple of weeks, um, we had about half. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, which is pretty typical. And, and, and 
doing all the studies and the math and everything, we were actually right on target, you know, mm-hmm. the way the typical things would start. So, yeah. Um, and we've been going strong ever since. Uh, just this past uh, June, we actually got into our first permanent facilities that we're leasing, uh, about 8,000 square feet total. And um, it's just uh, been just an absolute blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Hey, hey, Jason, this is Jeff. Uh, so you actually went from the deserts of Nevada to the rolling greens and fairways of Augusta, which sounds really poetic. Yeah. I can hear Jim Nance talking about that move now. But we have, you know, of course, a lot of church planters listening. Um, tell me a little bit about how when you guys started, you know, you were getting ready for the launch and you had the meetings and things. What did you all do strategically to draw people into that first launch. So you're in the, I believe you said the ballroom of a hotel. What were some of the things that you guys did to get the word out to, to really bring the people in? And that's sort of setting us up uh, where we're going with the main part of the the talk. But um, just tell me a little bit, sure. some of the things that you did to get the word out about Revivify and getting people into that launch. Uh, what were things that you guys did to cast that net out there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you, um, you know, starting churches to become big business, um, there are actual companies that are built around just consultation to help you get launched. Um, and that, I think that was probably one of the biggest shockers to me is that how big the business of starting churches actually has become. Um, everything from, you know, portable equipment to trailers to facilities to, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and then even the consultation part. And and I, I reached out to one of these companies and they said, uh, well, you know, how much money do you have? And, and I said, well, you know, I've got about about twelve thousand dollars. He goes, well, I wouldn't do anything without a half a million dollars. Oh wow! Wow. And, yeah, and and it blew my mind. I was just in total shock, mm-hmm. you know. And and because we weren't coming from out of any particular church to actually start it, so we didn't have that kind of support system. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we were going to do was going to be, you know, just grassroots. And so, like I said, we had like twelve thousand dollars. That was all the money between the three families. And we just knew that God told us to do this. Right. And so, and I told him, I said, well, you know, we don't have a half million bucks. So they're not anywhere near it. He said, well, then at least try to get it up to 90 and then start. And I was like, oh boy, we're in trouble. Half a uh, million, 90,000. There's a pretty big difference there. Yeah, there's a big difference. You know, I'm not sure what, where those numbers came from. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I just said, okay, you know, thanks for your time. And we moved on. And, mm-hmm. and so basically our strategy to get the thing started was simply word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, talking to people, you know, about all of this stuff and, and church, what it had become to us, mm-hmm. where we messed up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where where we allowed church to go and what we actually saw as ministers inside of our home churches. You know, where did, where did we go wrong? And having those kind of conversations, we realized there were a ton of people out there who thought the very same thing. Sure. And um, one of the the taglines we have is for people who've given up on church but not God. Oh wow. I like that a yeah, lot. That's great. I'd say I'd yeah, say a and, lot of people just wrote that down, Jason. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. That's something we keep coming back to is yeah. that uh, because it and and of course a rabbit trail here, but that leads you to some very interesting people who have been mm-hmm. burnt by church so much. And they're, they are hard cases to restore, and it's sure. not an easy thing to do. Um, but truly, you know, that's that was our thing. For people who have given up on church but not God, and we spread that message at the very beginning. And I tell you, it, it was it, it, it attracted a lot of people. And again, it attracted some very unique 
people. Um, but then at the same time, you know, it also attracts a lot of enemies too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, and those enemies were more often than not inside of other churches, you know, and, but and that's just part of the, part of the landscape, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that, that was our, that was our big strategy is that, you know, we didn't have the big, uh, campaign budgets, and, you know, to be able to put the mailers out and the information we, we, you know, we, yeah, we developed a Facebook page and we didn't really know much about social media at the time. Uh, you know, we, we, we had a website built. Uh, it was one of the good things that we did. We were able to point people to that so they get a lot of information, you know, just by reading. But the big thing really was, uh, pointing people to us by simply word of mouth, just yeah. talking to them and letting them see who we were and just let them see the passion we had for this. Yeah, that's awesome. And and obviously we hear that all the time with <laughs> with church planners and that's kind of uh what what we do every day is is help churches with word of mouth, but um I you talked a little bit about, you know, having that initial launch, the excitement. You guys are, you know, obviously putting your heart and soul and, and all of your money into into this thing and sure. two weeks later when, you know, half of the people show up. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, how to deal with that, I guess, um, the retention piece of church planning and just how you guys dealt with that, both maybe like strategically, but also, um, you know, emotionally, um, you know, obviously that takes a toll on you if you guys, you know, feel like you're doing all the right things, you're hearing from God, and then and some people just just don't get, you know, the vision of, of your place. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about maybe those challenges? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I tell you, um, you know, when you start out, start out really well, you know, and then two, three weeks in, you have half the crowd that you started with. Um, and, and you kind of knew that in your mind going in that, mm-hmm. you know, you just had a lot of rubberneckers, <laughs> yes. you know, they were looking to see what this, this new wreck was going to yeah. be. Um, but <clears throat> that you start obtaining people. Um, and, and because, and it goes back to what we talked about, people giving up on church, but not God, you are going to attract a lot of people who, maybe unfortunately are so damaged that uh, it's going to be so hard to restore them. And they are so searching for the right place that that they come into the church, um, try to connect, but they're so damaged that it just almost makes it impossible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have those, but then you have some that, you know, you come in and they connect right away. Uh, They, they, they plug in and you're just, you know, as a church planner, Every person that comes in the door, it's like a, it's a breath of fresh air at that moment. I mean, it yeah, feels absolutely. so good to have someone new, and you're like, man, we're doing this. This is the win. It's really happening. <laughs> and then they hang around for three, four, five weeks, maybe three months, and then they disappear. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh God, what did we do wrong? You know <laughs> what happened? And I'm t- I can't tell you how many Sunday nights I've laid there awake at night in my bed, and the next morning on Monday beating myself up over the fact that they were here and now they're gone. You know, and you you start analyzing everything you do, all of your processes and everything, you know, from the opening the door to the closing the door. And and you're like, you know, God, what did I do wrong? And and I I tell you, after, you know, after a few hundred people like that come through your doors, you know, you, you, you start to pick up on what's not. And that is the thing that I had to get, I guess, to get used to is that not everybody that comes in our doors is going to stay mm-hmm. and not everybody that comes in should stay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they don't fit the mission. They don't fit the mold. We, we, we're not 
the part of the body of Christ that is going to effectively minister to them. And and I guess that's where I had to get to the, the big paradigm shift and even starting the church that I just was so against it. But the other part of that is is that when you know the scripture talks about the body of Christ that you know the eye can't say to the hand, I don't have need of thee and all this we like to talk about those things within the side, the four walls of the church. But what about globally? You know, from, say, the Methodist Church to the Charismatic Church to the non-denominational church to the Baptist Church, it, we've been trained through life that we're all in competition, and the fact is we're not. I, I need First Baptist. Mm-hmm. I, I need whatever Methodist church. I, I need these churches to survive and live because here's the thing. I'm going to come across people that are going to come in my doors of I ch- of our church because when they've heard about it, it's new, it's fresh. But we're probably not necessarily the one that's going to be able to minister effectively to them. Mm-hmm. And if I have the mindset that it's all about the body of Christ, they may fit the hand church better than they fit the eye church. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and and it, it, you have to be able to stomach that. And, and, I, and it's painful. I mean, in the early, man, the early part of our church, it was painful. To where we've had people come, they were spot on, man, they were awesome, they were givers. Oh, man, they plugged in, they, you know, they, they jumped into every department they could. And then just, they get unsettled and, and disappear. Yeah. And it, you kill yourself over, you know, the thoughts of, yeah, what did I do wrong? And it's not what you did wrong. It's that they just maybe were even called to you for just a small amount of time. Yeah. Absolutely. And you helped them for a certain period and now they need to move on to something else. And that that's so refreshing to hear too. And this is something Jeff and I hear every day from from church planners. It's just the kind of the same team men- mentality, um, which is just so awesome. Yeah. You know, because just like you said, there there may be another uh, church who's who's more equipped, you know, in, in in any other way to to help those people who who may not, you know, see the vision of or fit with the vision of your church. Um, you know, and obviously, like you said, that's <laughs> that's not a problem because every you know everyone's on the same team here. Um, so that's that's really cool to hear for sure. Well, and you know, in in in, in light of church planning, I mean, every person that walks in the door, you just wow, we got to have them, we need them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, you might, and and you want them. I mean, because every person that comes in represents growth, but not necessarily, hmm. you know. And again, what's our mission? Our mission is not to build our personal little kingdoms and our church numbers. Mm-hmm. Our mission is to build the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. Yeah. And more often than not, we're actually building that person up for them to launch to the next stage, to go to the next place. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. Jason, were there... Were there um and all that's great. Absolutely. I'm on, I'm on board with you. Were there practical things that, that you did? I mean, obviously you've shared your heart and your mindset and I totally agree, but did you, and I'm not putting you on the spot, but did you go to talk to other churches in town? Were there things where you thought, well, maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that? Were there things that, that you did in that period of, as you thought through retention and and that sort of thing, was your mindset, your heart, did that drive you to do specific things? And it's okay if it didn't. It's just a question I wanted to throw out there for others who may be experiencing the same thing. No, absolutely. And that is a great question. Um, Chase it back to that statement that no man is an island. Right. And in church planning, 
uh, especially if you're non-denominational such as us, uh, you you can get on an island quick um, because you don't have that, you know, the denominational connections and what have you. So, yeah, that's exactly what I had to do is when it was hitting us the hardest and we were filtering through what would be our core and our base of people mm-hmm. to build from, uh, I reached out to some of the local pastors. Um, I reached out to a, a mega church here in our, our area mm-hmm. and talked to that pastor and, and said, you know, hey, we're doing this, this, and this. And, uh, what do you think? And, you know, and, hmm. and, and, he, and I'll never forget, he looked right at me and he, and he goes, why are you doing that? Huh. You know, and it was shocking at first because he was so forward, but I, <laughs> you know, I had to realize that at the same time, I invited that for him right. to do that. But, he was able to kind of rattle my cage a little mm-hmm. bit to ask me, why are you doing that? Sure. And so, yeah, I, the, the practical side of that was, okay, as a mega church, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what has worked for you over 25 years? You know, and I'm always having to keep that in perspective is that, yeah, it's been 25 years for them. We're, gosh, at this point, we were two and a half years old. Right. Um, so, you, you know, we're not going to be that size, you know, we're not at this moment. And so, uh, keeping that effective and then asking him, okay, what did you do in these early stages? And I'll, I'll never forget one of the greatest, probably strongest words I ever got from a pastor in town was this. And and it, it may not seem practical and it may not seem, it doesn't seem to be very, uh, uh, gosh, you know, all those stuff we get from leadership conferences, but he looked right at me and he said this. He said, never give up. Hmm. Never give up. And he said, if I could tell you anything that will help you make it to the next level, never, ever give up. Yeah. And I, and I guess I had that puzzled look on my face like, man, that's all you got? <laughs> you know, <Right>. and, <laughs> and he looked at me, he said, okay, let me explain. Mm-hmm. He said, it took me five years to break 100. Hmm. From year five to year 13, I only made it to 399 people. He said, but from year 13 to 25, he said, we're running close to 3,000. Wow. And he said, never, ever give up. Yeah. You know what you're called to do, mm-hmm. never give up. And so the practical side of all of this is you've got to have men in your life that can speak those very simplistic things in your life that seem too simple, but yet it's, they're very strong if you'll really take them in and, and consider what that means. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the it, it, and yeah, there were times that yeah we needed to change things. There was some some practical things that we were doing that you know we actually needed to change or add. Uh, we thought it was okay, but obviously it wasn't. And so yeah, you have to take those hard looks and yeah. get honest with yourself. Absolutely. And, you know. Well, I, and I can't tell you again how how grateful we are for you for you sharing your time with us today. And I think you just the story you've shared with us and just what you said there. I think you um, you know have encouraged a lot of church planners who may be <laughs> kind of in that situation you guys were in a couple of years ago to to not give up and um, you know give them some really practical stuff to. Um, to take hold of. So um, we're super grateful for you sharing your time and, and, you know, we're really, really proud to, you know, to partner with you guys in the kingdom. And it's just so cool to hear, hear the story of, of Revivify. And I think you've just encouraged so many church planners, you know, today with, with that story. So we, we're super grateful for, for you taking the time for sure. Well, I appreciate it guys. And appreciate the opportunity to be able to share our part of the story in this 
in this big, the big story of the body of Christ. And I tell you, uh, partnering with you guys has just has been amazing. And uh, you've helped us get the word out about our church. So many people, and, and we're seeing other churches in our area. Actually, I think they're now starting to partner with you guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're just we're, we're just so happy that it is happening, you know, yeah. and, and that more and more people are finding out about their friends who are attending whatever church, yeah. you know, and, and it's all about just building the kingdom, not, not us, the kingdom. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, so you Same know, thank team. you for what you do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, awesome, Jason. Well, well thanks again. And, and awesome talking to you. I hope you have a, a great rest of your day. I appreciate it. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks Jason. Appreciate right. it. Take, Take care. care. Yep. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. The Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy was produced by Drew Bro, Jeremy Russell, John Ruggi, and me, Jeff Presley. To make sure you catch every episode, search for The Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're always looking for ministry leaders to interview on the show. If there's someone you'd like to see us feature on The Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy, let us know at podcast at causely.com. That's causely.com. We are a production of Reach, the number one outreach program for church planners. Reach helps churches reach more people through friend-to-friend referrals on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy.